0: Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy New Year. Well, it's still in January, so I'm allowed to say that. And welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our January heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. January's theme is The New Me in the New Year. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show this morning, my guest for today is Sandy Robertson. Sandy is an RN, MSN, and a doctorate in clinical nurse specialist. She is also an author, a board-certified holistic nurse, a certified medical intuitive, and a certified healing touch practitioner who weaves the traditional art and science of medicine with mind-body approaches to well-being. For the past 25 years, Sandy has been a highly sought-after healing guide in private practice, and a notable corporate healthcare systems leader educator at the forefront of integrative, complementary, and mind-body approaches to behavior change for health and wellness. With her love of healing and healing energy, Sandy broadened her focus on corporate healthcare to include serving private clients through her private practice, Energy Works Wisdom. For healthcare systems, she continued to consult with healthcare programs focusing on whole health integration sandy 's second edition, "Why am I eating this? Is this the nourishment I need?" offers compassionate evidence-based wisdom on caring for ourselves and our mind, body, and spirit along with her wellness journey and seven brand new light bulb moment questions about nourishment and self-care. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Sandy and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and how we can empower our lives by eating our way to feel great, look great, and thrive in 2024. Happy Wednesday and New Year, Sandy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning?
1: Great, Johnny. Thank you. Happy Wednesday, and thank you for having me on your show today. I
0: it is a pleasure to have you with me. Why am I eating this? Is this the nourishment I need? It's a beautifully crafted and designed guidebook. It is a highly informative and engaging read. The instructions are easy to follow and I love the illustration. So congratulations on this release.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm really excited about the book and It's the new year, so it's a great time to be talking about uh, ways to retrain our mind about food, but also empowering ourselves to help change our relationship with food. That's really what the book's about.
0: Fantastic. That sounds really wonderful. Well, let us get started by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment.
1: So I was born in a suburb of Philadelphia, and I grew up as an only child, and my grandmother lived with us, who loved uh, fattening things and cookies, and had lots of cookie and candy jars <laughs> in her room. And my father actually was a lifelong athlete, had been an alternate to the Olympics for track and food, track and field, and was very about health. And so it was interesting, my mother kind of followed more of my grandmother's approach of uh, heavy food, big portions, and a lot of emotional eating went on in our house to self-soothe. There were a lot of, a lot of conflicting emotions, and so it was interesting watching my father eat in a very disciplined way, and, <clears throat> excuse me, my mother, you know, adopting more of my grandmother's mm-hmm. approaches. So I was actually heavy as a child, and people called me Chubbs and that's so in elementary school. Which of course did not feel good, uh, and you know created a lot of sadness in me. And but then in junior high and high school, I thinned out, went to college, and became a nurse. And there, I really saw the influences of overeating and obesity on chronic diseases, diabetes problems. Excuse me, just a little little horse yes. this morning and. So I really started merging all that I knew about growing up, you know, the, the impact of eating too much to self-soothe and letting my emotions guide me. At times, I was a compulsive eater in my life, but then seeing the influence of overeating on my patients and their families, I really decided to dedicate my life to prevention and wellness and that's what I did. I got a master's in community health nursing, focused on prevention wellness, and then went into the corporate wellness field in New York City. Counselled thousands and thousands of people, one to one and in groups, and heard people's stories, Donnie, about what was influencing them and preventing them from losing weight. Most people, just some basic nutrition information, knew what to eat. They realized they were eating too much too fast or emotional eating, compulsive eating, eating just because they were bored, you know, eating for reasons that have nothing to do with being hungry. And then I heard about the whole mind-body connection and took Dr. Herbert Benson's training at Harvard Medical School on the mind-body connection and I started seeing that the quality of our health and well-being is the combination of influences of mind body, spirit, emotions, and our energy systems. And then as a nurse continued training, became a holistic nurse and offering some of the basic mind-body approaches, breathing, guided imagery, and helped develop hospital and more corporate programs along the holistic integrative field, and also managed an obesity program at a major hospital. So, once again, I've heard thousands of people's stories, and I really dedicated my life to helping people learn new tools and be empowered as they've helped me. You know, I look at how they've helped me and continue to help me, and that's what I want to share with everyone, including in my new book, with about how to nourish ourselves. My new book is really about self-nourishment, self-care, and self-love, as I think you
0: know already.
2: Mm-hmm, hmm
0: Wonderful. That's really, really wonderful. Who were the influencers when you were growing up? I know you mentioned your grandmother living with you and all the cookies and so forth. That's really wonderful.
1: Delicious <laughs> <laughs> the, the fattening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it my is influence? all. I'm sorry. I'm go sorry, ahead. Go on. No, no. I was going to say, well, you know, I'm loving my granddaughter. You have to look at it that way. <laughs>
1: Yes, I know that's true. And food is love. Yeah. And yet, most interestingly, my father was probably my biggest uh, influence. As I mm-hmm. said, he had been an alternate to the Olympics right. for track, and he was the first role model I had for disciplined eating. Wow. And after a big meal or you know holiday meal, when dessert mm-hmm. was served, he would say, "No, thank you. I'm full." You know, he had no problem saying, I've had enough, I don't need yeah. to eat anymore, and right. he didn't snack, and he got exercise every day of his life, and almost lived to 100 years old, yeah. yeah. so I really saw how when you take care of yourself, and these habits, it's the daily habits, you know, once in a while, he would right. blurred, right. but I saw the, the impact long-term of overall good health and well-being, even into his mid and late 90s, that was a big mm-hmm. influence.
0: Very, very interesting. Well, as a child, as you know, we grow up, and part of the eating process is out of curiosity. Gee, I want to taste that. And then, of course, if it's good, I want more. (laughs) Yes. And so uh, if you don't want me to eat, give me something nasty. That take care of that. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's something... Yeah, but it's true though, you know. I mean, I remember growing up and I hate all the soury kind of bitter tasting stuff. And my mom and my sister love that. So they they cornered that side of the food equation. You <laughs> 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 don't have to worry That's about funny. me. <laughs> That's and a uh, memory. Yeah, so I, I think it's very interesting. And what your, your book talked about history a little bit, we'll delve into it a little bit later. But what's interesting about it is I think It's nature to whereby uh, natural, in a way, uh, for us to, out of curiosity as a kid, gee, everything is brand new. So it's difficult to make choices, in a way, because i got to taste it. Life is a buffet line.
1: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And not only do I have to taste it, but if we have the added pressure of clean your plate, which is how I grew up. You oh, everything me too. on your plate to be polite. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that today, Johnny, in society, it's totally appropriate and understood. If you leave food on your plate at a restaurant, want to take it home. Yeah. A lot of times at friends' houses, even after parties, they'll, you know, yeah. split up the leftovers and people can take them home. So I love that, the people are understanding they need to eat just enough them, which is what a chapter in my book on eating light and right for (laughs) me. Everyone's physiology is different. And it's just, it's so funny these days, all the trending on social media about what people should eat and how much it's a very personalized journey, unique to everyone for their physiology, which is another message in the book really about Will this serve me? You know, Will this serve my gut, my brain, my emotions, my spirit, my physiology? It needs right. to be targeted to us and our unique and wonderful needs as a human
0: being. Right, right. That's true. Well, one thing for sure, Sandy, you are not only a learned person based on what you had mentioned, the things that you've gone through and the uh, education and the fact-finding process that you've gone through to, be, to educate yourself about the whole process, but you are obviously applying it because a lot of people, they're just learned people, they're walking encyclopedias out there, but then it's very difficult to kind of put it all together and, and lay it out on the day-to-day a practice, so to speak. Was finding the synergistic integration of science, medicine, and holistic mindset challenging for you?
1: That's a great question, Johnny. I would say, as for everyone, there were starts and stops,
2: Mm -hmm. depending
1: on where I was in my life, college or final exams, or starting a new life in New York City, or a relationship ending, uh, a parent becoming ill suddenly, Mm -hmm. so... I can, it's funny looking back at pictures and probably a lot of your listeners can do this too, but looking at pictures, you have a memory of what was going on in your life and you might think, oh, I was up five pounds or 10 pounds then or however much and be able to track what was going on. So even though I know this, I teach this, I've integrated it, I, the science is so um, powerful where we take in less calories, we exercise more, we'll lose weight. And yet, again, having grown up uh, with food as something to self-soothe, I can say it's been a learning journey when gone through stressful times in my life to be able to stop, you know, literally stop, take a breath, and reset. Of <laughs> Do I really want to use food to self-soothe right now? Or maybe a little, but then to be able to say stop and then remember all the other tools I have. You know, go outside look Mm -hmm. at the sky, take a breath, call a friend. Maybe I need more sleep. Maybe I need more water. Maybe music would help lift my soul or spirit. So Mm -hmm. it's been a journey of uh, integrating the science, as you talk about, and psychoneuroimmunology and connection, the brain-gut connection, and how
2: Mm -hmm. nutrition,
1: they say our our gut, is really the, the brain of our body. Right. And so... Understanding if I want to be healthy, not just in body, but mind and spirit, I need to feed my body nutritious food. I need to nourish my soul and spirit and energy system. So I learned this along the way, and now it's a lot easier because I fine-tuned it. And, you know, sometimes I kind of, you know, just, oh, well, like the chapter mm-hmm. in my book, is this, is this food for entertainment or is it nourishment? And sometimes right. I just want food for entertainment, you know. Two mm-hmm, bowls mm-hmm. of popcorn. So it's been a journey, as I think it is for everyone. It's no perfect straight line. But the more I teach and talk about these tools and practice them myself, the easier they are to remember and integrate. And that's why I love sharing them with mm-hmm. everyone, you know, about what works and also from the thousands of people's stories I've heard that are so powerful for what how these tools
0: helped them. Right, right, so true. Well, it sounds like, too, in a subconscious level, like you say, as you are growing up, here you have one side of the equation, mom and grandma, who, like we say, through love, it's about food, right? Because Mm -hmm. food, every day when we eat, it's a festive moment, really. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. on the other hand, you were also exposed, lucky you, I would say.
2: <laughs> you, yes, uh, you were exposed yes. to
0: your dad, who is very, uh, have a different perspective about eating. Uh, his uh, perspective is inten- intentional eating, basically. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: I'm eating and I'm doing this. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't treat myself once in a while, but his whole entire mindset is everything is intentional. As an athlete, that's what you do. And it's exactly. very subtle, uh, and you were exposed to that. And so I think it's very interesting because, you know, a lot of times we look through the uh, windshield, but many times the answers are actually in the rearview mirror.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that. You're exactly right.
1: It's true, yeah. remembering what worked for him. You're exactly right.
0: Wonderful. So when did inspirations for why am I – Eating this, is this the nourishment I need coming to the picture?
1: <laughs> well, in the late 90s, I was in the wellness field, in mind-body field. But One mm-hmm. afternoon, I was at a friend's house and wanted a snack. She had some pretzels. I started eating pretzels, a bag of pretzels. And as I recall, I wasn't particularly stressed or upset. I'm eating the pretzels thinking, why am I eating this? (laughs) It was a light bulb (laughs) moment because I was just mindlessly eating the pretzels. They tasted so good. I love pretzels. Mm. And it was a light bulb moment of, oh, my goodness. You know, I know myself. I've taught these tools about the mind-body connection and self-care and nourishment. And I don't need to be eating this right now. And I just said, stop. (laughs) And that was really the impetus for the book of – sharing everything I'd already learned about nutrition and parts of self talk and gratitude and looking at the mystery of our unique eating history, like you described with the sour foods, you know, for everyone, it's different. And seeing how our journeys with food and emotions, you know, perhaps using food to self-soothe, perhaps some episodes of compulsive eating. And also, by the way, if people do have, Issues with food, some bordering on food addiction. I highly recommend people seek mental health expertise and counseling because sometimes there is trauma that, again, is best served by a mental health expert. And yet I do think some of these most simple tools about the mind-body connection, positive self-talk, and understanding our unique eating history and knowing that in the present moment, we can re-choose, we can learn new tools, like the seven new tools in my book about how we label food and just asking neutrally, is this fuel or fun food? You know, like you, just the example of an athlete, athletes want to put the premier fuel in their bodies. Mm -hmm. So if we as much as possible can approach it from I want to put the best optimal fuel in my body so that my body and my brain operate well. I think that can really help people. So that was the start of it really, the pretzels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. So please give us a synopsis of this excellent book.
1: Well, I incorporated, this is the second edition. So mm-hmm. I brought in the material from the first edition, which is really paying attention and mindful eating a lot about slowing down and pausing and small bites and chewing and also looking at the clock, you know, allowing our meals to last 20 minutes. So many people have counseled, say, I know I eat too fast. Mm -hmm. So right there, smaller portions, having the meal last longer, Um, you know, discovering your food patterns and paying attention, like noticing if we snack every afternoon, it's, four o'clock, and what could be a healthier option. We've talked about our eating history. Self-talk. I use positive self-talk in many ways, Bonnie, not just asking the humorous questions, like why am I eating this, but will this nourish me? Is this the best fuel for me right now? Or maybe some humor. You know, do I really want to eat this? Or if I do, how much? And also a question I love is how much is enough? It's not through a place of blame or judgment, but just really neutrally, how much is enough? Uh, and do we even know the amount of calories that's best for us at this time in our life, either to maintain our weight or, or lose weight? Gratitude. Gratitude is an element of mindful eating, but I find the more that myself and others can be grateful for what's on our plate and slow down the eating process, be grateful with each bite, that can really help us to eat less. And, you know, creating an eating blueprint that's right for us. Mm -hmm. And then the new addition really focuses a lot more on fuel. And a lot of these questions like, am I seeking fuel instead of self-care? We think we're hungry. Maybe, again, we need to sleep or perhaps we need water or call a friend. And then the labeling of the calories, I really love that because it's non-judgmentally. Once again, is this fuel or is this fun or entertainment? And deciding deliberately about that. There's a lot in the media now and research on the brain-gut connection and how it's bi-directional. What we eat affects our brain and what's going on in our brain with emotions affects our gut. So being more tuned in to foods nourish not just our gut but our brain. Uh, the chapter on timing is everything. You know, there's a lot out there these days about intermittent fasting and trends around timing. And Johnny, I feel strongly this is a personalized choice for everyone. So for some people, intermittent fasting may be great. For others, eating small amounts every few hours. Sometimes people call it grazing, but you know, healthy food, maybe that's the best <laughs> approach. And yet for others, Three meals a day works for them. So it's unique to everyone. I also include a lot about people tuning in and contemplating what else nourishes them. For everyone, it's personal. It might right. be music, meditation, nature, guided imagery, spirituality, you know, regular spiritual religious services, again, friends, exercise, And it's all good. There's a visual of a circle of health. A lot of hospitals use these. It's actually ancient, the wheel of health, the circle of health that has the mind, body, spirit, emotions, exercise, you know, mental, whether it's just a reading. So everyone needs to consider their unique circle of health and how can it be balanced. And sometimes as a visual cue just looking at it. People can understand right away I'm a little out of balance in this area and what they're focusing on and forgetting all the other things that can nourish them. And I include a little chapter on self-compassion. I believe uh, mindful self-compassion, self-kindness, loving kindness is so valuable and treating ourselves like we would treat a friend. If we overeat a little, that's okay. What do I really need now as the next step? Whether it's, professional guidance, expertise, a health coach, or, again, perhaps a mental health professional, or perhaps sleep, a good night's sleep, will help to reset the next day. So I believe, really, self-compassion can help us all in this world shift our behavior, but also with self-love and self-care.
0: Very true. So true. Would you consider this book, a diet book or would you would it be a different book from a diet book
1: well it's not a diet book at all mm-hmm. I would say it's a book about empowering us to change mm-hmm. our relationship with food and ourselves and most of all it's a self-nourishment and self-care book and mm-hmm. that's why I like wrapping it all together so it's not about what to eat. It's more tuning in to what is best for us, mind, body, spirit, emotions, and energy systems, and creating a, a unique plan for your unique physiology and, and life and where you are at this time in your life.
0: Very interesting, that's really wonderful. How do we discover our food patterns?
1: Well, we've talked a little about this in terms of recalling memories, perhaps, of mm-hmm. growing up, what were our food patterns then, and then asking, you know, contemplating what was the role of food in our home, not just nutrition, around nutrition, but emotions. Were we using food to self-soothe? I find many people were, but to, it's, it's to a different degree, were there rules about snacking, for example? And then for each person, depending on their age, looking at what's best for me at this time in my life based on my age, my physiology, my weight, and where I'd like to be. And I find for everyone, tracking their food patterns, I call it a self-care diary or journal, really, tracking mm-hmm. their food, but also their emotions, or their stress levels, the amount of sleep they're getting, the amount of water that they're drinking, and just noticing, as I gave the example already, if they want to snack or get tired of an energy dip at 4 p.m. every day. Uh, perhaps some water, perhaps glide for two or five minutes, you know, even if they're working, and or perhaps doing an energy connection, you know, connecting energy in the body by some movement, or taking a five or ten-minute walk, perhaps that, could lift their energy more than a snack. So I find that writing down what we're eating when and how much can be really valuable and just getting a baseline for food patterns.
0: Very interesting. That is obviously different than sort of going into the history and finding the mystery behind the things that we eat though, right? Right.
1: It's different, Johnny, and for some people it may be connected. Like mm-hmm. for myself, I realized mm-hmm. along the way that I grew up using food to self-soothe, and gotcha. perhaps compulsive, compulsively overeating because of negative and very stressful emotions in the house between all the adults. Don't forget there were three adults in the house and me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes some of the emotions were unpleasant. So through my life, especially during stressful times, like when I was in college, you know, studying nursing yeah,
0: and yeah.
1: exams, I, I would say along the way I definitely used food to self-soothe, and at times have been a compulsive overeater. So these tools, you know, a lot of it is about knowing the basic nourishment and knowing the calories, but then also it's knowing ourselves and yes. realizing how often we're going in the kitchen and just opening the refrigerator door and staring or opening the cupboard and staring <laughs> and then being able to ask again from humor. I love using humor in this approach. Yeah, Literally. Yeah. Okay. What am I really seeking right now? You know, why am I standing here staring into the cupboard? Am I, mm-hmm. am I, you know, I used the moniker halt hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Am I hungry, <laughs> angry, lonely, tired? Am I bored? Am I frustrated? Uh, tech issues really frustrate me these days. <laughs> and then then using the tools that I've learned that I teach about taking a breath, pausing, resetting, perhaps going outside for a minute or two, if it's not 20 below zero, uh, but <laughs> having a reset, having right. a reset, perhaps a, a cup of tea or perhaps some coffee or a drink. Being honest with ourselves. So a lot of it involves self-honesty. It Mm -hmm. also involves back to Mm self-compassion. And then it's also weaving in our goals. You know, if our goal is not just about weight, but to feel better, to have more energy, or perhaps we're tracking, you know, blood chemistry or, or different tests, what's the goal? And if that's the goal... Asking in a really neutral way, will eating this item right now help me reach that goal? Right. And sometimes they just want to eat it anyway. That's okay. But I find that people more often than not can say stop, take a breath, you know, Mm -hmm. reset. What what am I really doing here right now? Mm -hmm. You know, if everyone else is having candy or munching on cookies, do I really want to? Is that best for me and my unique and beautiful mind, body, spirit, and energy system. So personalizing it for ourselves with love and self-care, and it's not about calories.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: So true. Very true. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. January's theme is the new me in the new year. My guest for today is Sandy Robertson. Sandy is an RN, MSN, and a doctorate in clinical nurse specialist. She's also an author, a board-certified holistic nurse, a certified medical intuitive, and a certified healing touch practitioner who weaves the traditional art and science of medicine with mind-body approaches to well-being. For the past 25 years, Sandy has been a highly sought-after healing guide in private practice and a notable corporate healthcare system leader and educator at the forefront of integrative, complementary, and mind-body approaches to behavior change for health and wellness. With her, loving, with her love for healing and healing energy, Sandy broadens her focus on corporate healthcare to include serving private clients through her private practice, Energy Works Wisdom. For healthcare systems, she continues to consult with healthcare programs focusing on whole health integration. Sandy's second edition, Why Am I Eating This? Is This the Nourishment I Need? offers compassionate, evidence based wisdom on caring for ourselves and our mind, body, and spirit, along with her wellness journey and seven brand new Lightbulb Moment questions about nourishment and self-care. In our kitchen table conversation this morning, Sandy and I are talking about her remarkable life's journey and how we can empower ourselves by eating our way to feel good, look great, and thrive in 2024. Sandy, how does meditation contribute to the Eating Blueprint success plan?
1: Well, one of the best things I've learned along the way in mind-body trainings was actually Mm -hmm. from Dr. Herbert Benson at Harvard Medical School who wrote the book, The Relaxation Response. And I remember him saying, in order to quiet the body, we have to first quiet the mind. And that's, of course, been passed down to thousands of years in many traditions. And so whether people call it meditation, quieting the mind. There are many, many wonderful tools. It all starts with the breath, Uh, using the breath, taking a breath, breathing exercises. Uh, And some involve closing your eyes and listening to words. Some involve just the breath. It's different for everyone. Some people like music when they're doing some of these breathing or quieting the mind exercises. Of course, meditative exercises such as Tai Chi and yoga. So the breath, I've learned in many mind-body trainings, the breath is really central to shifting our perspective, shifting our physiology, allowing more oxygen to get to the brain, but really, again, quieting our body first starts with quieting our mind. So in terms of mindful eating and choosing wisely, deliberately, and some people say intuitively, but really with intention to so use the word before Johnny it mm-hmm. takes a quiet mind when we are upset stressed busy multitasking that's when it becomes more likely that we'll just overeat and you know just grab for bags of snacks and sugar or candy for quick energy so i love teaching mind body tools to quiet the mind and body and again different people relate to different traditions or styles, but there's so many, there's something for everyone. And it's just as simple as take a breath, (laughs) take another (laughs) breath, pause, even say before eating and think about grace in many traditions, a prayer before a meal. If we can incorporate pausing, taking a breath, being thankful for this food in front of us, that's really another example of quieting the mind and quieting the body before we eat. And then we can eat more deliberately
0: and with intention. Right, right. I like that. I like the idea of eating with intention. And for my personal experience, what's interesting is that, you know, we often hear everywhere, and especially in the healthcare industry, our body is our temple, right? So Mm -hmm. we're paying attention to it. And this is interesting. My personal journey in terms of it was very interesting. I was never really... uh, overweight in terms of obese or anything like that but by nature i have uh what they call it oh okay yeah uh my cholesterol is always high because i don't eat vegetables <laughs> so but mm. uh, but i was able to balance that out by uh by eating fruits and stuff like that but the beauty of it is very interesting because i do when you talk about the mindfulness side of the equation the meditation kind of thing where I pay attention to my body and maybe about three years ago where I was diagnosed, well well Johnny, you know, your sugar content's a little bit high, uh, you're sort of pre diabetic kind of thing. And then I realized that, okay, what do I do? I mean, I love eating ice cream and I would buy mm. one of those, uh, you know, what is that, the whole bucket full kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> but the but this is the difference though i mean like everything else uh, we live a balanced life so if i eat uh, you know a quart of ice cream every day then i'm tipping the scale but guess what i can eat a quart for 3 days and then not do it for 3 months because and why i'm saying that is simply because when i go to the grocery store and i could pass by the ice cream, fridge, uh, freezer, I can look at it and, nah, my body just don't feel like I need to have that <laughs> And then that's maybe two, three example. months. That's a great example. That's a
1: great
0: yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, it, that's that mindfulness, you know, kind of thing. And then I sense that, hmm, okay, it's time to buy that little quad size. <laughs> <Eat it for laughs> a couple days. And so it, it's interesting, like what your book say. you know, it's okay to treat yourself but are you treating yourself every day, you know, to go overboard? You're like everything else, you know. It's, it's about exactly. balancing.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's degrees of being, like you said, intentional when you want to eat for fun and entertainment, you know, just because. Mm-hmm.
0: So true. So what is the best way for us to initiate healthy self-talk while navigating our behavior tendencies around food? Looking
1: to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole field of psychology known as cognitive restructuring where people look at the messages to self and if they're empowering and positive or negative and, you know, all or nothing thinking. So I love to remind people that we always have our self talk to empower us to be our own best coach. So and the self talk can be questioned. So the title of my book, Why Am I Eating This? You know, Is this the nourishment I need is a great start. <laughs> For self-talk in a gentle way, in a gentle way. You know, is this the nourishment I need? But then another example of self-talk is we can say stop eating to ourselves in a loving and gentle way. And those are extremes, but to think about when you're either going to a restaurant or going to a party or gathering and there's a lot of food around and a lot of choices, the whole time... To start having a running conversation with ourselves about, okay, what do I want to eat? You know what would feel good and taste good, but perhaps what would also be good nourishment for me, and back to sometimes we just want to eat whatever just because, and that's okay, <laughs> but more often than not, especially for people who are very social and going to a lot of gatherings where there are a lot of options with bafet tables or appetizers or d'oeuvres. Again, to think about it from an intentional place. You know, yes, I'd like to try some of this, some of that, but I don't have to taste everything. And I don't have to load my plate eight inches high with with all the options. And again, starting with perhaps small portions of a few things with when possible salads and vegetables thrown in because you need to chew them and it takes longer to eat. And then if you want seconds, you know, think about it in terms of dessert, perhaps about sharing a dessert with someone and would a bite or two satisfy you? So I think using self-talk to guide us, to coach us and once again, driving not to a place of blame or shame or you shouldn't eat this. It's not about should or should not. It's about what's best for us, you know, what's the best nourishment, and how can we coach and guide ourselves along the way from a a loving place? And again, it's okay to say stop. (laughs) Stop eating. I've had enough.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's very, very true. The interesting thing, I think, is, again, when I approach life and I approach food in the same way also in the sense of I talk about life as a buffet line. Is one thing to touch and flavor. If you like it, go for seconds. <laughs> but other than that, you are able to flavor it and enjoy it. You mentioned a lot about gratitude. How does gratitude help us manage the quantity and quality of the food we eat? I
1: Gratitude helps slow us down. Mm -hmm. And it also helps us to connect with the food we're eating, where it came from, how it was made, perhaps the loving hands that made it, or perhaps uh, it was industrial prepared with chemicals, I'm not sure. (laughs) But having gratitude for this food can also help transition us to I'm thankful for this food that's about to nourish my body. I'm thankful for where it came from and how it was grown. And I'm also thankful and aware of I can eat just the right amount for me. So gratitude can help bring in our mind, body, spirit, and also ask some of these questions like, am I eating because I'm hungry and need more fuel? Or is my spirit? craving something. There's a book from many years ago called The Hungry Soul about some of the evolution of eating and how, you know, way back when people didn't use utensils and just Mm -hmm. ate. It was very Mm -hmm. primal for nourishment, but now we have utensils. We can put our utensils down in between bites, and gratitude is really a very important and valuable element of mindful eating to help us slow down and be appreciative of this nourishment And be satisfied with just enough. And actually, since it takes 20 minutes for the message to get from the stomach to the brain that we've had enough, gratitude for each bite can help us to slow down the meal. Once again, thousands of people literally have said, you know, I realize I eat too fast. And they're eating too much because they're eating too fast. So. I love incorporating gratitude as part of mindful eating and helping us just eat, eating the right amount for us at this moment.
0: Very interesting. Very, very interesting. What is the correlation between eating light and right?
1: It's self-awareness, most of all. For everyone, that's different the eating light and right, and also at different stages of our lives. So what was eating light and right as a child or teenager or 20-something or 30-something compared to 40, 50, 60, 70, it changes over time. I think it's important for everyone to know, you know, just about basic calories of food, not to be mm-hmm. obsessed with it, but just to be aware, to read labels. I think reading labels is one of the best inventions of nutrition mm-hmm. education. Sometimes it's startling. It can be empowering, yeah. exciting, and fun to realize how many calories are in each serving, especially some of the processed food, but even things that are labeled healthy. So eating light and right is different for each person. And again, depending on the stage of their life, depending on how much exercise they get, depending on if they like to eat small meals throughout the day or three meals a day, but just to understand the right amount of caloric nourishment that's right at this stage of life and then figure out how to eat light and bright for you at this moment in your life based on your unique physiology and not what's trending on social
0: media. That's true. Very true. Very true. Can you share with us some success stories from your readers and clients about self-care nourishment plan?
1: Yes, I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to. And I was thinking about this question. And really, uh, when I think about all the people I've counseled, again, thousands of people in corporations and Mm -hmm. hospitals, the themes that come to mind are people that realize they're eating not just too much, but too fast, and they're snacking and perhaps compulsively eating because, once again, they're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Those people have done really well, especially the ones who have kept food journals. Some some people think it's boring, but it can be on your phone, you know, any little piece of paper, whatever's easiest. I can think of one client in particular, started writing down everything she ate, how many crackers, you know, measuring the cereal. I mean, cereal is one of those things. I had a bowl of cereal. Well, how big was the bowl?
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> was a good it one. Four ounces or
1: twenty-five ounces. I just think that's a funny example. Or rice. Yeah. You know, I just had some rice. Well, how much? A quarter of a cup or two cups. Right. Crackers. Cookies. Again, people who who measure food—not to be obsessed, but just to be aware. That's what. I, that's what. My main tools that I love to share. Just be aware yeah. and be fine. So the people who kept food journals and tracked their food, this woman in particular, did very, very well. People who started using self-talk a lot I can think of one mm-hmm. or two clients that really started, again, this being you know, your own best coach on your shoulder of stop, you know, they slow down say when you're eating with other people because if other people are eating fast, they realized they were eating fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one client in particular started really slowing down and chewing his food and just reminding himself small portions, to chew, put down utensils in between bites. This client lost 20 pounds. So that taught me, wow, wow. you know, positive self-talk, mindful eating and chewing, for an example, because he ate less. You know, he was filled up and realized he didn't need to have more food. And then another client who lost weight really focused on the timing, you know, realizing she could wait until 10 a.m., say, for first meal, and then
2: mm-hmm.
1: lunch and no snacking and a reasonable dinner and to stop eating by 7 p.m. And she's lost about 10 pounds. So it's different for everyone, you know, their doorway in. There's a line I love. There's a cardiologist, Dr. Steve Sinatra, Mm -hmm. uh, who wrote a book called Heartbreak and Heart Disease. And he said once in a lecture, there's a doorway into healing for everyone. And for everyone, it's different. And so from, you know, the way I look at losing weight or nourishment, there's a doorway in for everyone and for everyone, it's different. Whether they count calories or use mindful eating or eating after 6 p.m., you know, weigh food or just look at it in terms of nourishment, Mm -hmm. the doorway into having better nourishment for every human being. And it might look different for everyone.
0: Right, right. Certainly is. In reading your book, it just reminds me the things that I do for myself. Like say, we take it for granted. Of course, I'm always mindful of what I consume. Having said that, uh, don't get the idea of like, you know, it's so regimented. I think when you do that, that's a turn off, right? Yeah, because the idea yeah. is that you have to embrace your, for lack of a better term here, the process as part of your lifestyle. And when you do that, you don't even think about it anymore. And for me, like when you talk about the four o'clock snack, uh, mm-hmm. I have two boil eggs for example now i don't know whether it's good or bad but i think it's good <laughs> and
2: well that's so, great right. yeah, so that's it in your and,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know and but uh you know it fills up right and then uh, sometimes i'll have uh nuts and right uh and then i'm particular about nuts uh, I, I eat almonds or pecans right mm-hmm. and then uh the, and things that i like i mean you know they're dusted with a little salt or, or honey flavored right <laughs> but that's it but and your body will tell you you know it's like okay it's good okay that's it and so but every so often i would have a slice of pizza and i'm talking about literally one slice of pizza because i'm looking at more of like i uh, have this growl that this amount took care of the growl i'm good versus yes <laughs> the other way around that's well a, no, you know that's a, that's i could eat more great example an yeah, example
1: yeah. of you being in charge instead of being at the effect of food.
0: Precisely. And
1: I just, every great question that you've asked, Johnny, and other themes in my book, it's really about changing for all of us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: changing our relationship with food and ourselves for good. So if right. people ask, well, what's your book really about? I would say it's empowering <laughs> people to change their relationship with food and eating for good, because it's about this our relationship with food and what food means to us and how we use it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel as people, you know, all the questions about awareness and our eating history and mindful eating, the important point is we can re-choose in this moment in our lives. So no matter what our relationship with food has been, if we used it to self-soothe or for as a distraction because we're bored or tired energy (laughs) we can now re-choose and say okay in this year 2024 how would I like to change my relationship with food and eating for good and look at it in terms of nourishment and love and self-care and focus on that from a very intentional place that's really the message I'd love to and I want to share with your listeners
0: wonderful well please tell us about Energy Works Wisdom.
1: Energy Works Wisdom is my practice, and it's based on guiding and coaching people around their mind, body, spirit, and energy system. And I do one-to-one coaching around these themes of behavior change and also offer medical intuitive readings and energy healing sessions. So there's really something for everyone, and if people go to my website, www.energyworkswisdom.com I can connect with your listeners and have a complimentary 20 minute consultation about what might be the best service for them at this time in their life
0: Wonderful, that is really wonderful How has authoring, why am I eating this is this the nourishment I need impacted you personally? Well,
1: I would say I'm more tuned in to when I'm emotionally eating and mm-hmm. I'm more tuned to when I need to practice self-care and self-nourishment. And they say you teach what you need to learn most yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so then it becomes more and more easier to share it with others with my clients, with groups, with the readers of my book, with people who contact me to my website and I love it. People, when they hear these tools and the themes, they're like, wow, this makes so much sense. So that's really why I'm so excited about this, Johnny. I I think there are a lot of easy, simple tools that can empower people and help them find a way to a new relationship with food. And I've learned and I'm so excited to share it with people.
0: I agree with you. The book, like I mentioned before, is very engaging. I love the concept of having a nice, fun touch to it. It is a serious subject. I mean, we can skirt around that. However, it's how we look at it. If we look at it from a proactive perspective, we want to have someone to kind of give us guidance. And ultimately, it is our call on how we want to map it. But the idea is that the tools are there. Rather than, gee, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, thank you for saying
0: that, yes. Where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about your services, and keep up with your latest happenings?
1: Uh, my book is available on Amazon.com in paperback and also on Kindle. And they can contact me through my website, www.energyworkswisdom.com. Happy, as I said, to have a uh, short consultation. The people who are interested in learning more about my services. And I just thank you for this opportunity to share these tools of self-nourishment and helping people change their relationship to food and to eating for good.
0: That's really wonderful. Hey, by the way, on a personal note, I just thought about it. That little, I guess, character on that book, is that a... <laughs> picture of you in a caricature kind of thing. It, it's really cool.
1: <laughs> oh, I thank you. It's not me exactly, but I did have a uh-huh. light bulb moment. It's, and uh. it can be for men too, of course. <laughs> it's for all the people out there who are like, why did I just eat this? Or why am I eating this? Or what, what might be best for me to eat right now? So thank you for... Uh, the illustrator Gabrielle Balls did a wonderful job with illustrations and she did that illustration. So yes, (laughs) she captured it. Captured the spirit that I wanted to capture to uh, get the word out.
0: There you go. Really is, really is. It's really wonderful. What is next for you?
1: What's next for me? I'm excited about promoting my book and I've been interviewed by a lot of wonderful people. i I'd like to uh, connect with more corporations. I feel this knowledge and wisdom could really help so much in corporate wellness programs. And down the line, I'd love to have my own podcast about this topic someday. I know there are a lot of podcasts, but I feel like this topic and sharing people's personal stories could really empower others just as you do, Johnny, with all your amazing interviews and the, uh, the thoughtful guest you have on that's sharing so much wisdom with your listeners.
0: Oh, thank you very much for that. As we come close to the end of this hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning?
1: (laughs) My recipe for living is about incorporating and remembering that my mind, body, spirit, emotions, and energy system are connected. So my recipe for everyone is track what's going on in your mind. What are you saying to yourself? You know, how are you feeling? Uh, What's going on with your emotions and your spirit and your energy system? Have you been in a lot of busy environments or perhaps environments and with some clearing and balancing and integrating of all of this? nourishing for you you know what's most needed for you right now so that's my my recipe for living for everyone just remembering we all have mind body emotion spirit and energy system to love and nourish and care for
0: that's wonderful really really wonderful sandy thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on from my mama's kitchen talk radio to all our listeners please join me in two weeks Wednesday morning, January 31st at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Marie Diamond. Marie is a world-renowned master teacher of feng shui and the law of attraction and the star of the Peacock series Feng Shui, Your Life. She is a consultant to a who's-who's of celebrities in film, music, C-suites, global leadership, sports, and even in royal palaces. Marie and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Feng Shui Your Life, A Beginner's Guide to Using Your Home to Attract the Life you, of Your Dreams, to Help Us Strive in 2024. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed New Year. Sandy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed
1: 2024. Thank you, Johnny. You too. And to all your listeners as well.
0: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.